All right. A lot of talk about Facebook lately. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. It's made the news, and uh, for good reason. Uh, as you know, it was down for a good chunk of yesterday, and uh, that caused no ends of consternation for a lot of people. But it all follows um, a real spotlight being put on the company and the way that they operate and the way that they do things, thanks in large part to um, a whistleblower um, who was on the air with 60 Minutes on Sunday night. She used to work for Facebook, and um, she was part of the group that um, essentially deals with integrity, and and she's got thousands and thousands and thousands of documents talking about how Facebook knows that what they do is damaging to um, democracies, to young people. Uh, it has all kinds of negative effects in so many different ways, and they could make changes to address it, but they don't. Instead, uh, they, they, as she says, put profits over public safety. Today, she's testifying um, before the Senate Commerce Subcommittee, talking about the social network giant. And um, she says that Facebook needs congressional oversight and they need to be held accountable. But I'm here today because I believe Facebook's products harm children, stoke division, and weaken our democracy. The company's leadership knows how to make Facebook and Instagram safer, but won't make the necessary changes because they have put their astronomical profits before people. Congressional action is needed. They won't solve this crisis without your help. That's it in a nutshell. Profit over safety. That's what it comes down to. So let's get some more insight into what we learned and what it might mean for Facebook and for social media in general. We are going to chat now with Dr. Anatoly Gruzd, who is a professor and director of research at the Ryerson University Social Media Lab and the Canada Research Chair in Social Media Data Stewardship. Doctor, thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate you joining us. Good morning. Now, for people who have... um, followed Facebook, and uh, I mean, this wasn't necessarily a revelation, what we're hearing from these whistleblowers. We know this has been an issue that's dogged Facebook for a long time, but just in response to what we're learning through this whistleblower and her Senate testimony today, um, sort of fits the pattern that we expect from Facebook, right? Just like you said, I think uh, those, um, you know, reporters um, and the researchers who follow those issues, data privacy issues, the prevalence of hate speech on some of these platforms, the spread of misinformation, those are not new issues to us. What is new here is the fact that the person who used to work for Facebook essentially leaked some of those internal documents and internal research showing that potentially negative impact, how the platform has potential negative impact on our society in those different areas. So I think uh, having that additional kind of internal only information uh, really makes the argument stronger for some sort of regulation. Um, and, and that's the tricky part. Like the, the, the evidence that she's producing, you know, Facebook is fully aware of the damaging impacts that it has in terms of democracy, um, you know, violence, division, um, body image problems for young people. They, they know this. Uh, they say they only action about 3 to 5% of it. So um, can we rely on them at all for any form of self-regulation? Well, I think we had time to see whether self-regulation mechanism would work. And every time we see Mark Zuckerberg saying that we'll do better, uh, but yet they treating this as a primarily PR problem. Uh, so they would spend some money on fact checkers, let's say, to help them um, curate and verify some of the posts on Facebook. But at the end of the day, we still keep coming back to 
yet another issue with the Facebook products. Um, so I think uh, we are reaching that point where when regulators will say enough is enough. The challenge here is that because Facebook touches on so many issues, uh, on so many um, data points in our personal life, in our business lives, that it's really hard to say, okay, we're going to regulate this, but we're going to not regulate that. So there's no agreement about policymakers. What's the best way to go about regulating Facebook and similar platforms? And that really is the problem, Dr. Reddy. I mean, you're talking about a platform with three and a half billion different users all around the world trying to regulate something that massive. Can it even be done? Well, right now there's a patchwork of different regulations yeah. around the world. And so we look at the data and privacy type of regulations. I think European Union is kind of leading the world with the strongest data protection for users. Eventually that deals with how the user data is being handled by platforms like Facebook, who can, act, who can have access to it, and so on. Um, so we see some countries, um, you know, following the lead of European Union, enacting similar regulations, but there is no, largely no agreement about other issues, such as how do you content moderate or do you content moderate platforms like this? Uh, and that issue emerged especially during the, this pandemic where you have groups propagating misinformation or politicizing issues like vaccination, mask wearing, and um, spreading various conspiracy theories. So they would argue that this is their right for freedom of speech, express mm -hmm. their opinions on platforms like Facebook. But on the other hand, if um, their, their right hurts the overall health of the you know, society and individuals, then should the platform be responsible if they are facilitating the spread of misinformation and then the related issue of hate speech? So that's an ongoing debate, and I think that will not be resolved um, today or even next week or next month. You know, all these, like you say, it's patchwork. We've got all these different countries sort of taking a look at, we need to do this, we need to do that. When you're talking about Facebook, what one country does, we know other countries will exploit. We've seen that happen on Facebook. We know they know they can use Facebook as a platform to leverage their own good gains in far off places. Do we need some sort of a a global entity? I don't even know what it would be to sort of say, if you're going to operate like this, this these are some of the rules. Well, it is a hard question because we have enough of different bodies and different organizations that either advise Facebook and similar internet entities um, or, you know, put out policies and uh, protocols. I think it's about coordination, uh, but in some uh, regards, it's actually about policymakers educating, uh, informing themselves about the issue at hand and taking uh, taking a you know, next step to actually providing actionable legislation. Um, Facebook actually did say they want to be regulated because they want to have the roadmap. So this way they're not yeah. being accused every time they do something that it's, oh, well, you should be regulated. They say yes, uh, knowing that well that they actually have resources uh, to follow potential regulation in data and privacy or other areas. But it may actually hurt their competition, um, maybe startups uh, in the same digital space who might not have resources to, to follow all those uh, requirements. So when we talk about regulations, we have to consider the overall kind of digital um, uh, you know, system, not just Facebook. Um, like you say, 
Facebook wants some regulation. They want some sort of rules. Um, here's the question. I mean, in terms of liability, Facebook carries none, right? I mean, we it's a platform that they provide. Can they be held responsible for any of I mean, we, we she has documentation that it was used to help coordinate genocide in Myanmar. We know that it's been used to carry out all kinds of illegal and criminal activity. And I mean, is Facebook in any way liable for that? Not as far as I know, and I think it, a lot of it has to do with um, this argument of freedom of speech and uh, allowing not help, you know not holding uh, websites and other platforms responsible for what content uh, individual users users post. Uh, and uh, Facebook's been saying from the beginning they are not the publisher, even though in many aspects they do act like a publishing platform, but they don't want to be classified as a publisher because it would put a liability in their hands and because they will have to spend more time and resources to actually verify and validating and, um, you know, moderating certain content, and they don't actually want to do that. Um, so, so right now there, there is that um, openness that they operate in, um, but I think now that we're realizing that how platforms at that scale, uh, social media platforms at that scale, can impact all different aspects of our society, I think... Uh, Regulators will finally uh, will see the need to update different policies to finally be, uh, you know, equivalent to what's actually happening in the world. And you think that's possible? Like, map that out for me. How we? I mean, I think we're starting to see more and more recognition that we've got a major, major problem with our society based upon Facebook, and we need to do something to sort of stem the tide. Um, We've got lawmakers involved. We've got Facebook involved. Um, How do you think this moves forward? What do you expect to see? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, yeah, first of all, we're talking about Facebook because they're, uh, you know, the largest platform and and in Canada, they're number one. But other platforms also, I want to mention, kind of implicate it and also perpetuate some of those problems we're discussing today. Uh, So I think... um, it uh, requires the kind of persistence of public interest groups to to, uh, to advocate uh, policymakers um, for those legislation that can cover those gaps. So, data and privacy regulation. I think we have a good and a road roadmap with general data protection regulation in EU and in Canada. Actually, uh, there has been a, a number of discussions and proposals uh, to update our Digital Privacy and Data Protection Act. Um, but, of course, because of the election, everything has been delayed. So hopefully that discussion will be back. The The issue with the freedom of speech versus content moderation, that one um, is a very polarized issue. So that will probably take a while to resolve and to, to address. Um, but certainly when we look at the content moderation issue and misinformation, I think overall um, Western society anyway, at least, uh, say that the health misinformation actually hurts more uh, the society overall than allowing it to spread. And you can see platforms are also realizing that, sensing that from the public that they want those messages were uh, removed or fact-checked, and mm-hmm. they're making some efforts. We don't know, actually, right now there are a number of research projects examining those intervention practices from the platforms, like putting a label on the message that's spreading COVID misinformation uh, or linking people to credible sources. We don't know how those, how effective those techniques are yet. So I'm looking for some of the results of those studies to see 
what would be a good set of techniques and interventions that platforms should be following. Because it's not just about regu regulating platforms, it's also about uh, offering the uh, recommendations how they can improve their uh, interfaces and internal um, content moderation policies. Yeah, exactly. How they feed things to people is a big part of the problem here. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate you joining us today. That is Dr. Anatoly Gruzd, who is a professor and director of research at the Ryerson University Social Media Lab and the Canada Research Chair for Social Media Data Stewardship.